Support for today's episode comes from Goalie ACV Gummies. They're a great way to incorporate apple cider vinegar into your daily routine. And best of all, they're delicious. Trust me, I was just tired of that bitter ACV shot and made the switch. And as a Boonie Breakdown listener, you can receive 10% off your purchase by using the code Boonie Breakdown. Details on how to purchase can be found in the show notes and on the BooniBreakdown.com. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Boonie, and you're listening to the Boonie Breakdown podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. All right, welcome to episode 217 of the Boonie Breakdown podcast. We're back this week with a really responsible episode. I feel like this season we skewed really ratchet, (laughs) like super ratchet. And since this is your source for all things responsible and ratchet, uh, we had to do a little responsible episode before we wrap up this season. So our guest this week is Nasima, a financially intentional. You might have seen her around social media on the interwebs because she has an amazing financial story. She paid off over a million dollars in debt in fucking credible. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed this conversation with Nasima because she talks about how she did it, how she was able to pay off a million dollars in debt in about two and a half years. She talks about what it means to be financially intentional. She talks about how that we can use debt as a tool and how we must as a community coming off the heels of Juneteenth. I feel like this this episode is very timely, but how as a community we can use the knowledge that we have today to build wealth. And so this is a great conversation. I hope you stick around for that. All right. Next up is pick of the week. This may be the first time in Boonie Breakdown history. Like this is literally probably a first that the pick of the week is the same pick of the week from last week. (laughs) So if you did not listen to last week's episode, you might want to go back and listen. But in that I did a pick of the week for a brand who had sent me their product, Foria. They sent me the Arisal oil and it was the pick of the week last week. I loved it so much. And in that episode, I said I was going to work to see if I could get them to give us a code so you guys could try it out, experience the brand and the product for yourselves. And they were in my inbox and we got a code. So if you too would like to try out some of the great products that Foria Wellness has. They are a, um, not all of their products. I do know that they do have some products that are CBD free. Um, but the one that I tried um, had CBD and I feel like that was the key. That was the chef's kiss to it, right? But if you would like to try out those products, you can use the code Boonie. That's Boonie, all capital letters, for 20% off all the items that you want. That code expires at the end of this year. So December 31st, 2022, the code is over. All right. I come, I come through, I come through for the Ratcheteers. And I said, I was going to try to get a coupon code. And here we are. So for the first time in Boonie Breakdown history, uh, back to back pick of the week and now with the coupon code. So check it out. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Come back later, please. Housekeeping. Not now. All right, first things first, um, you can probably hear last week my allergies were on my head. I'm still feeling a bit congested as I'm recording this. So I just want to say apologies for that. Hopefully it's not too 
um, ear cringy for you to listen, but I do want to apologize too. I, I recorded this episode with Nasima while I was under the weather as well. So you can hear, you can hear it in my voice. So just throwing that out there. That's what's wrong. Allergies. But feedback from episode 216 with the homie Shika. <laughs> Somebody said, I love it when you two are together. I could not have thought of a better way to explain it. Babuni and Shika, thank you so much for the charge to these heterosexual men to explore their partner's bodies. There is more to pleasure than just our genitalia. genitalia and I thank you and Shika for doing the Lord's work. So yes, you are quite welcome. And if you did not check out that episode, again, head back and listen to last week's episode with the homie Shika. Now, Also, I just got to say, you know, life happens. And when life happens, you have to pivot, you have to adjust. And I have to be honest with myself. I try to do a certain amount of episodes per season. I usually try to do 20 to 25 episodes a season, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, Well, no, I usually always do hit that. This season, life happened to me. You know, I experienced a a loss of a family member that was dear to me. Now sickness and gearing up for the live shows. I just got to be honest, my, my focus is not really on the podcast right now. And not to say I'm walking away or anything. But I also feel like with outside opening up, and planning live shows and doing this and even Patreon gang has noticed I paused Patreon payments processing for a while because I don't like um, taking people's money and not delivering on what I promised. And I noticed that it's because things have been closed. We've been inside for two years. I don't have the stamina, right, for a lot of things. And so losing my grandfather at the end of April, I kind of pushed through, it took like two weeks off, but I kind of pushed through and and did some episodes, but I think right now is it's hard. I'm I'm having a hard time juggling, finishing up, finding the will to finish up the season, but also my excitement for the live shows and planning bomb live shows for everyone to attend and doing Patreon. It's just too much. And so I have to can't do everything. So right now I want to focus on doing really great live shows. So I say all of this long diatribe to say, um, this season will be wrapping up at the end of June. Season 12 will be back um, for season 12. We'll be back around Labor Day-ish. Yeah, around Labor Day-ish. But I'm going to take off uh, July and August to focus on live shows, get things going back up, and get in a rhythm with the podcast being back in kind of normal life. Um And I'll be the first one to admit, I don't have pre-COVID stamina for doing all of the things. And that's one of the things I kind of want to hold on to from the pandemic is this ripping and running and stressing myself out and working. I'm not doing it. So since this is my shit, this is the news. So uh, we'll be wrapping up at the end of June, season 11 and season 12 of the Boonie Breakdown. We'll be launching around Labor Day-ish, somewhere in there. All right. Just wanted to let you guys hear it. But don't fret. There will not be live uh, episodes weekly of the podcast, but there will be live shows. So we have one, Booney Live in Baltimore on July 23rd. We have Booney Live in New York on August 13th. And we have Booney Live in Raleigh, North Carolina on October 
8th. All right. So those are the lineup. You can head on over to thebooniebreakdown.com backslash live to get your tickets. Patreon gang, of course, you will get first crack at those Raleigh tickets. I'm telling y'all, when y'all see the guests for Raleigh, all of my guests are great. The Baltimore guests, New York. I'm excited about meeting Mecca up in New York finally in real life after she's been on the podcast like at least 10 times. So I'm really excited. I can't wait to meet you all there. If you've never been to a Booney live show, it's a very interactive experience. It works. I play with the audience. There's giveaways. There's a goodie bag. There's libations. And we just have a really, really good and fun time. So again, head on over to thebooneybreakdown.com backslash live to get your tickets. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Welcome. I appreciate you being here. You can be sure to follow us on social media at The Booney Breakdown on Facebook Instagram and TikTok and at Booney Breakdown on Twitter. When you share this, you can put it in your Insta story, put it in your group chat, put it on your friend's page, send it to your boo or whoever. We appreciate you helping to spread the word. So that is it for me. So let's get ready to break it down. Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and I'm going to put a disclaimer here now. Apologies for my voice. I'm battling through allergies, sinuses, but I did not want to reschedule. So in case I forget to put that in a bumper, but <laughs> I want to welcome our guest, uh, Nasima of Financially Intentional. Welcome to the Booney Breakdown. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Look, I think you may be the first responsible episode we've done this season <laughs> girl after you talk to me for a little while you might second guess that so <laughs> look I appreciate that look yeah. I feel like I've been ranting about it on previous episodes you're either extremely wealthy and this inflation is not hitting you so I'm like we gotta talk about finances before we wrap this season up because woo. <laughs> The pockets yeah, are hurt it's hitting right now. everybody. It's hitting everybody. Okay. And the only thing, my saving grace is I ain't got to pay for gas. So oh, it, it's hard out here for him. Yeah. And I've had it for a long time. So smart. I just buy it. <laughs> no, it's smart. I was thinking about yeah. it because I'm like, I, I moved last year. So I have a garage. And so I'm like, okay, now I have a garage. Maybe I would consider it an electric car because I can plug it in here. But now I'm like, I also don't have a car payment. And so I'm like, Listen, don't this 10-year-old no Camry going to rock to the Listen, wheels. That, you know what? That Camry and the gas prices together is all good. Like, keep it like that, boo. I would not recommend. And with the inflation, like, the, the prices of cars have went up significantly. Like, the base price of my car legit went up almost $50,000. That is Damn. not insignificant. Up, At all. $50,000. Not, it is $50,000. Like, increase. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I did good. No, you did because <laughs> that's how I feel about my house, right? Like, yeah, I got it before these interest rates went up. So now what houses are selling in my area for at this five, six percent interest rate, I'm like, dang, y'all mortgage just gotta be a thousand, twelve hundred dollars more than what I'm paying. Way more, way more, girl. That's a whole that's a thing too. Me too. My house, <laughs> I bought it. Um, it's up, I wanna say three hundred and thirty thousand dollars from the price that I bought it. Like stupid Damn. ridiculous right now and these interest rates is killing it and i'm just like me i'm sitting here trying to drop my little 200 pmi and these people paying hella interest okay listen because <laughs> i literally was like i'm calling in a couple months 
drop the PMI. I know I got equity. <laughs> yeah. The thing with my mortgage though, and this is just a gem for you guys. I didn't know. Sometimes they make you wait exactly two years, but it depends on who your lender is. So check what your lender, what the rules are. But some of them is just like, if it's 20%, it's 20%. But everyone has their individual rules. Because believe me, girl, I submitted my shit hella early. And they was like, um, excuse me, ma'am. We have to wait until it's, it's two years. And I said, oh, okay, I'll send it back in a couple months. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> if you have an FHA loan down after, I think it's 2014, the PMI never comes off. Oh, no. And that's MIP. It's a little bit different. But yeah, that shit never comes off. You have to refinance it. And imagine having a refi. Imagine getting into an FHA loan a couple of years ago and having a refi now. All bad. Yeah, All be, bad. Just keep paying it. <laughs> Yeah, get a roommate or something. So (laughs) listen, I was just saying, I like, I just, this is coming from a place of privilege. Like I make, I'm one of the Henry's like a high earner, not rich yet. I've said this on the podcast, but I really be thinking to myself like, shit, somebody who's making like 40 grand a year, how are you living right now? Like, I really just can't even comprehend how that works. I don't know. I have no, I have no clue. I haven't made $40,000 probably since I was in high school. So I don't, I don't understand that concept in itself, yeah. but there are so many people so that live many. like that. So I don't understand, like, how do you afford to breathe right now? Like you can't even afford water. Like what? It's like too fucking expensive. Where and- do you live? Like, where do you live? Who do you live with? Like <laughs> I- <laughs> for real. And it's funny. Cause you just said you, have not made that. So can you tell people, because we, we skipped all, we just got right into the conversation. Yes. What is your background? I follow you. I'm aware. But what is your background? Because people probably listen. Like, What's this do? Because I want to get paid. <laughs> listen, I'm just a nurse. At the end of the day, I'm just a nurse. Now, I'm a labor and delivery nurse for 13 years. But the truth of the matter is, like my whole life, I always knew how to get money. Like I was that I, I started making money at five years old. Like I was always hustling. I was the one in um, Office Depot with my dad when he was there buying stuff for his business, like looking up business uh, growth software and things like that. I always babysat. I always did hair. Like, listen, my, <laughs> I paid for a car in high school doing hair. So, you know, my background is, um, well, I'm from Oakland, California. I um, went to school initially to be in healthcare administration, hated, hated the politics of administration, went back to school to be a nurse and um, became a nurse almost at 30 and um, have been a nurse, like I said, for 13 years. So um, I have uh, done a lot of things, but I am not a low income earner and I haven't been for some time because even if I don't make a lot of money in my job, I always have a way to make outside money. But because I am living in the San Francisco Bay Area and a nurse in the San Francisco Bay Area where um, we make the highest wages, I do make multiple six figures a year just being a nurse. Yeah, that's amazing. Because would you also live in the Bay? Damn. (laughs) That Um, part. Yeah. It's all relative, right? Yeah, it's relative. But you do make relative. Yeah. You make a lot of money, but your cost of living is the highest in the country, literally. I mean, exactly. even though a few other cities is neck and neck with you in recent times, but you have to earn a lot to live there, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I feel like you're also, what I appreciate about you, you you're very transparent on your social media. It's the only way I know how to be. Like, that's just how I am. Like, 
But I love that. Yeah, it it just I don't like I'm the kind of person I can never tell a lie because, you know, you got to keep on lying to tell the lie. My memory ain't that good. So I can't. (laughs) So I'm going to just always keep it real with you because I know if I try to lie or cover something up, I'm fuck up. So, yeah, I think what is getting to me because we live in this um, this culture where everybody's an entrepreneur and everybody's earning seven figures and everybody's doing this and buy my course and do this shit. That to me, your level of transparency, I think is so refreshing and appreciated to me. Like you will see, you shared your W-2s. Like this is how much I earned. This is where the overtime was. And I'm like, oh shit. I, yep, you this how about paying taxes. Like this is what I put in my retirement account. Like it's all right there. But the thing is people are like, oh my God, don't share that information. They're going to come for you. I'm like, do you, you know, I'm a public employee, right? All somebody has to do is just like <laughs> Google my name plus, you if know, how much you make. Yeah. It, it's just it's transparency. California is just going to come up like it's OK, but we do need to talk about this because people need to know what's possible. I, how many times have I said I made I make multiple six figure as a nurse and people are like, what? Nurses don't make more than fifty thousand dollars. Like the level of ignorance out here. I'm just like blood, like Google me like yeah. that's it. Like, <laughs> and at the end of the day, and it ain't, it ain't no glamorous shit. Like it, I have two master's degrees. I make the same amount of money as a JC trained junior college trained nurse in the San Francisco Bay area. I'm a floor nurse. I deliver babies. I look at vaginas all day. Like it's, <laughs> it's not, like, I'm not no specialist. Like this is just what it is. Yeah. And that's what I love. Like yeah. you share it. It is what it is. People and I always read the comments too because you are somebody's post who people do get very, I won't say polarizing, but people get a little worked up sometimes in your comments. And it's always fascinating to me because I'm sitting here like, this is what I think we need more of. People are saying, not I'm not just teaching you and sharing my experience, but here it is in black and fucking white, right? And I'm not fudging no numbers. This is what it is. Now. I think the most startling thing for me, though, and but I get it. I understand context. You just said you live in the Bay Area. You cleared a million dollars of debt. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Okay, first, before you ask how, what does a million dollars of debt look like? You know what? And this is hella funny, right? Everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, why would I ta- trust somebody who had a million dollars of debt? I'm like, it's really not that hard, but like I, my house was worth like 500 something thousand dollars when I paid it. I mean, it was, it was worth way more, but, um, that's how much I owed on the mortgage when I paid it off $200,000 in student loans. Listen, right, there you go. Two. 700 right there. That's it. The rest was just normal shit. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to pay the IRS. I took out money on my retirement account. Um, I had an ex-husband pay for his shit, pay for a couple cars. That's it. I mean, like, it's not that hard. The the bottom line is y'all just don't do the math. Math don't math to most people. Like, add your shit up. Let me tell you, that is a humbling experience, right? I did that at the beginning of the pandemic. People listen to the pod know my responsible fave, my best friend. He was on, I call him the Black Dave Ramsey. It's our joke. But he was on this kick of paying off debt. And so when he was doing it, I'm like, all right, we ain't going nowhere. Let me. I started adding them fucking numbers up, like, (laughs) and that's what people don't want to do. I didn't include my house, and I did not include my student loans. Just everything else, I was like, how, where? 
Where is it? Yeah, right? And don't even know where you spend the money, girl. And that's the whole thing. Like, so all so also what people don't do is look at what they're spending. And I didn't know, girl, I made six figures for hell along. And girl, do you think you would think I was out here flossing on them, stunning on them hella hard? Like I'm coming through a designer every day. I have basic shit. I'm but I don't know where my money is going. And so that's like the first thing that had to change is like, yo, like if you don't have control over your money, your money will disappear and it will control mm-hmm. you. So that's the first thing. Like intentionally, like look at where your money is going. And that's why I named my platform financially intentional because at the end of the day, Everything came down to just being intentional about what I was bringing in and what was going out and making sure that I was in control of it instead of at the end of the month being like, where the fuck did all my money go? That's what most people do. Where does it go? Yeah, that was such a, like I said, it was so humbling to see because like you just paid a bill. All right, I owe Chase this, I owe American Express that. I owed whoever the like when I was writing it down. But when you see it and add up, I'm like, oh shit, I'm paying $800 a month in debts. Yeah. All right, we got to clear that out. Now I got some free money. Now, Mm -hmm. Mr. Biden put them student loans on pause, right? That's, (laughs) hey, you know what? I'm hella bad about that. Not for y'all, but for me. (laughs) Because when people ask me, well, how did you pay off your debt? I I actually like ultimately paid it. Like it wasn't like, you know, (laughs) no secret thing. Like I, when I had money, I paid it. That's really how it got paid. And I paid off my student loans and I did it the wrong way. Listen, I did all the things the wrong way. And I still paid off a million dollars in debt in under three years. And I fucked up. I paid off my student loans too fast Mm. instead of maximizing my retirement account at the same time i was so focused on paying off my debt that cost me just eighty thousand dollars in just savings that growth with compound interest is multiple six figures like so see that's the part i think is so hard because when you hear people start this journey to get you know financially well and fit Mm -hmm. that it's like debt 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 the debt gotta go the debt gotta go And so it's hard to figure out, well, how am I going to pay debt, but save, but invest, right? And so listening to you just say that, you're saying, I wish I was doing the investing at the same time that I was paying debt. But it wasn't even like I was going to do anything different. I was just listening to your homeboy, DR, the white one. And um, (laughs) And he was like, you can't invest while you pay down debt. So I paused my investments when instead I should have been maximizing my pre-tax investments because I am a high income earner in the state of California, which has some of the highest taxes in the world. And so if I would have just and this is just in my retirement accounts. This ain't like doing no fancy ass trading like on Wall Street, like out there buying stocks and, you know, flipping stuff. It's not about that. If I would have just maximized my pre-tax retirement accounts at work and including just that little tiny match, that was $80,000 in those mm-hmm. years I was paying down debt that I missed out on. So it was not even nothing fancy. It was just 
I just could have maximized those things. But if you, you don't know, you don't know. And a lot of people don't know. So that's what I didn't know. And that's how I share my story. That's why I'm super transparent. That's why I'm super clear. That's why I'm just like, hey, listen, I fucked up. I did these things. Learn <laughs> from me. Don't do them. Yeah, because I think that was what I was willing to do. Like, let me pause my retirement contributions. Let me get all my money so that I can pay. And then in the middle of that, I was like, wait a minute. Put that back on, right? Because the Pay market was doing first. really yeah. well, right? At that yeah. time. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really hard because I don't think everyone says attack the debt. So most people, yourself included, miss out on that. So I think the other thing too is like, I'm I'm watching you now, like you, you're you debt-free, right? Still debt-free? No, I still have debt. Okay, you still have debt. Okay. <laughs> you, are you... Are you honest with that debt is bad or you're okay with having debt? You just want no, to No, I think that, I, I, okay, let's, I want to clarify this because I think it's super important. Actually, I just did a post on this. Debt is not good or bad. Debt is a tool, right? But we as Americans have over leveraged debt in a way that makes it bad, right? Because we are not using it as a tool. We're using it out of necessity, when we should be trying to figure out how to take control of our money instead. And so the debt that I have is very low interest. It's very strategic and it's only used to make me more money. Um, as a rule of thumb, if you have debt now, and I used to say 3%, but because inflation, mm-hmm. I would say if you have now debt that is um, over you need to attack that aggressively and get that out your life, like piece that out, like buy and um, don't use like credit cards, especially with those double interest Mm -hmm. um, debts Um, that needs to be eliminated. But yeah, I still have debt. My debt that I have right now um, is just like my car payment, which is at 1.75% interest rate, wow. which will be paid off next year, which I ain't paying no extra on that. Cause it don't make no sense for me to do that. And then, um, maybe, uh, like a small, like loan that the interest rate is like nothing. So it, it, these things like don't make any sense to pay off. So yeah, I do believe in leveraging debt. And let me just tell you something. Debt historically, access to low interest debt has been the game changer that has taken people from blue collar to white collar, taking mm-hmm. people out of the lower class to middle class, um, like FHA loans, which are not the best loans, but they are they have been strategically used um, by other people like um, in the 50s and 60s. Black people were um, banned from taking out FHA loans, right? But that actually grew the white middle class mm-hmm. because they had all this access to these low interest loans. And um, it put them at a significant advantage over, I mean, like they weren't already at an advantage financially <laughs> and generationally. I mean, like that's like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that passes through these generations that we didn't have access to. So I don't think that debt is bad. I think that high interest debt is something that you need to get rid of. And I think that debt needs to be a tool only if you're using it to grow your wealth, not as a means to get by. Because if you're using it as a means to get by, you need to look at other ways in which you can grow your income instead of trying to, um, I mean, and I understand it's a band-aid a lot of times, but you Mm -hmm. have to create a plan intentionally to make sure you get out of that situation and don't go back into it. 
Yeah, because then too, it's like, yeah, you don't want to, you know, keep splurging on your cards, credit cards and letting it build up, but you could get laid off, right? And right. you got to use the credit cards to float till you get by if that's, you don't have savings. So, right. But that's the thing, like in these times when you have money, you have to build, you have to build layers, right? You should have an emergency fund. Even if you don't believe in having a high emergency fund, you should have, like, you should be building your credit so you can then get access to low interest loans, like maybe a personal loan through your bank where you can negotiate a really, really low rate. And yes, you can negotiate your interest rates with your bank. And I did that with my car, but I work with credit unions. And so that's why I love credit unions. Cause I can, I mind it's literally across the street. I can go in there and be like, what y'all go get me for this? Like when I owe the IRS $30,000, you think I was about to mess with the IRS and set up a payment plan with them? No, you think I had $30,000 in my bank when I was aggressively paying down my debt? No, I did not. I walked into my credit union and I said, yo, I owe the IRS $30,000, which is the lowest interest way that I can borrow this money to pay them, get them off my back. I'm not fucking with them. And (laughs) then I, but I have access to this money. And so they were just like, oh yeah, you know, your car's paid off. Just refinance. This is long time ago. Refinance your car through us. We'll give you like this super low interest rate. And so I just paid the bank and, you know, automatically I got even lower interest rate because my uh, direct deposit is there. Like, it's just ways like strategically that you need to do it. Um, But have access, having access to low interest um, debt is okay for emergencies. Um, but also, like, once you start investing, like, your um, IRA becomes another, um, your Roth IRA becomes, like, another level of, like, emergency fund. Because all your Roth IRA contributions that you put in, you can pull out yeah. tax and interest-free. Just the contributions, not the growth. And so there's layers and layers and layers. So once you start to build financial security, those emergencies actually are fewer and far between because you actually have a plan, but then you've also built layers so that you don't you know, drive yourself into a hole, even if you do face like a job loss that a lot of us have faced in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's a good tip, especially with this, this market right now is just so volatile. I think we're seeing more and more, you know, companies using this as an excuse to lay off workforce if you're in the private sector. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I wanted to do this episode about finances. I mean, for some, it may be like, ah, I'm already too late, but you know, for some of us, if you can um, make the steps to prepare and and wait it out, because I just don't see how where we are is sustained. Like at some point, this shit has to come crashing down, right? <laughs> like I just—I mean, but that's the whole thing. Like, um, what people don't understand is all this shit is cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there's we're always gonna be in a growth phase or in a recession. It's cyclical. Like that's how the market works, the total market outside of the stock market. Mm -hmm. Like we're always going to have ups and downs. So like when you're in your ups, you should be preparing for your downs. And it's not hard. It doesn't take a lot of money. It just takes intentionality. Yeah. Like I like that you said it doesn't take a lot of money. Yeah, it doesn't. I do feel like especially with finances, it's, it's a little more scary in the, what you don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. And so I always joked that growing up, we didn't talk about money like this, right? And especially, and I'm gonna make a generalization here. Most black families definitely did not. Right. And no. so I joked, cause like my grandmother was the matriarch. So you would go to granny, we would go to gra- granny, I need granny, I need and granny would always say, the Lord gonna make a way. And so I used to joke with my grandmother when I got older, 
the Lord must be a banker because that's all she would say. Like, granny, I need this for school. She's like, the Lord going to make a way. And the next thing I know, I had it. I have no idea what my grandmother was doing. Did she have accounts? Was she bar? I have no idea what she did, but the Lord made the way. Right. And so that's, that was my financial education. The Lord just made ways. I wasn't taught about it. My dad was just like, my daddy was like one of those make it enough kind of daddies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, ah, $5 for a week. Okay. You need to eat, make it enough. Okay. Like make that thing stretch, make it do what it do. Get out there, make some money. Like what you going to do? Like, it was like that. And I wasn't, I had no financial literacy. I didn't, we didn't talk about money like that. Money was kind of like one of those things you just don't talk about. Cause we ain't really got it like that. Like you yeah. just figure it out, you figure it out. And so I figured it out. And so, like I said, I knew how to make money because I had to, I was raised by a single dad, you know, like uh, he was always working. So I was like, you know, he ain't tripping off of me, getting my <laughs> hair braided. Like if I want to get my hair braided, I got to learn how to do it or I got to pay somebody to do it. So I learned how to do my own hair, learned how to do my sister's hair and started charging everybody else to do it, you know? And so, um, yeah, I just, I just wasn't taught. I didn't, I didn't. And the thing is the saving grace is I'm sure your audience probably skews a little bit younger than I am. I'm in my forties. I didn't learn this shit until I was in my mid thirties. Okay. And I still did it, <laughs> you know, and I still like went from seven figures in debt to almost a seven figure net worth. And it would be seven figures if the market wasn't so crazy, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and my kids will be millionaires in their twenties. So for people that think that it's too late to get started or think because their parents didn't teach them or think because they made financial mistakes or think because, you know, whatever excuse they can put out there, they can't do it or because they don't make them a certain amount of money. You can do it. Like it's totally possible. Like I have done all this and in part of transparency, I share how I've been in fucked up relationships, Mm -hmm. how I've had to start over, how people have come after me for my money, you know, like how I would probably never get married again because how the legal system (laughs) works. Like if you got money, they are coming for you, you know, and it's just, it's, it's some shit. And despite it all. My kids will be millionaires in their 20s. I will be a millionaire very soon. Um, And it's not, and and to me, it's not about like the number. It's not about the wealth. It's about the access. It's about the shit I don't have to do. It's about me being able to be myself and not having to code switch and try to satisfy everybody else. I can do what the fuck I want to do. If I want to bounce about this country, I can bounce about this country. If I want to stay at my job, I'll stay there and do whatever I want to (laughs) do. I love it. I don't really care. I can be fully in myself. I can advocate for my patients. I can advocate for my staff. I can go to my school and I know that (laughs) I can advocate for my kids. Like it's, that's what wealth is to me. I love it. And I think too, what you just said, somebody's listening who married with children, like now how the hell your kids going to be millionaires in their twenties. And I'm telling you, you have to follow her on Instagram. She shared the transparency is next level, but I don't have children. I'm not married. I don't have children, but you talk about their five, two, nine accounts and all this stuff, all this stuff you do already for them to have access to this money, whether they want to go to school or they withdraw it and do something else. Yeah. So yeah, my kids have, um, I set up 529 accounts for them. 
um, so that they'll each have $100,000 of access to college funds. And that's it. That's what I'm capping them out at. That's whatever. So that's done. They have brokerage accounts, which I contribute $100 a month each to, which they pick their own stocks in there. That's the only time I, I like that's to do cute. individual stocks. I let them pick it so they understand the value of ownership. I'm trying to train my kids to be owners and not consumers. So they know, like my, my three-year-old knows, an Apple computer, she knows she owns that. She just looked because I let her pick her stocks this month. She was like, oh yeah, I'll buy Apple. And we're watching a movie. She's like, oh yeah, that's Apple. So she knows she <laughs> owns that as a three-year-old. So it's just not about like putting away money for them. It's about them understanding financial literacy. They hear me talk about money all the time too. Like understanding like that concept and it does not take a lot to put away now to make your kids millionaires. And I think, like I said, we underestimate like what the small little things that we can do mm-hmm. every day. Um, it only takes like, like you can put literally like $2,000. Like when, when your kid is born, you say, uh, everybody give me such and such amount of money. So I can have $2,000. Like, you put that in a, in a, an investment account, don't add nothing to it. And by the time they retire, they'll have a million dollars without even touching it. So imagine like you doing a couple hundred dollars here instead of, I hate when people buy stuff for my kids. Okay. You look around my house and stuff all there. My kids don't need <laughs> nothing. Don't buy them no toys. Don't buy them no clothes. Put, I don't care if it's $5, $20, put it into their, I have, I use stockpile for them because mm-hmm. it's easy for them to look at the stocks. Um, you, I literally send a code, you pick either what stock or you let them pick the stock. They, it goes directly into their account and that grows. Like, that's what I want you to invest in. Like they have that. I contribute for them. They'll have a retirement account because they work for me. When kids have an earned income, they can have retirement accounts started in their youth. So these are the ways that I grow, um, uh, wealth for my kids. And if they want to add anything to that, they'll be exponentially, they'll be a millionaire yeah. exponentially faster. Like anytime I have savings, I put like, if uh, I get a contract with something or a big amount of money, I put that into that account. Like it just grows and grows and grows. And because I just don't, I leave it alone. I invest it simple. It's just there. It ain't hard, but we yeah. weren't taught this. We weren't taught this. We were taught that money has to be hard, that wealthy looks like greed, and we shouldn't strive to be wealthy. We were taught that talking about money is flossing and stunting, and you're doing all, you're doing too much, and you're showing off so you don't do it. That does not serve you. That only serves people that need this working class to keep capitalism up. Tell like them. that. <laughs> like, that's why. I talk about money i'm not trying to stun on y'all i don't care look at me i'm hella basic like i don't (laughs) care like i'm not really trying to stun on you i'm just trying to show you what's possible because it ain't hard but we are selectively kept from a lot of information very intentionally and i'm telling you the information is here it's like uh i was listening to um beat um this live with tiffany leche just a couple of minutes okay. ago before we started and she was talking um on she was with bt and they were talking about juneteenth like y'all know we free right we have all the tools <laughs> Okay. Yes, there is still a lot of discrimination in things. There are still a lot of things that hold us back financially, but there is nothing that is stopping you right now from growing your wealth and set this right here. Your mind, except your mind. We let too much hold us back. 
But Come you know, on, go ahead and preach a little sermon. We free, y'all. We free. Okay, let's celebrate that on Juneteenth. Okay, that we have access and the tools to build wealth like no other generation who was systemically blocked from these things. Banks would not serve you. You could not get loans. Systemically, you could not. Our parents had to make a way. Our grandparents had to make a way. On the deed of my grandfather's house right now, it says no Blacks or Orientals. Like, this is not the times that we're living in. We free, y'all. Take advantage of those things. And every day you're not taking advantage of those things, you are only robbing yourself and your future generations. So you guys, stop. The information I give up so much free game, and then if I if I say you know what, also if you want to like streamline this and not make all the mistakes and just go ahead and just buy my course, that's fifty fucking dollars at the max. Like people are like, you're a fucking scammer for real. <laughs> now I've seen a lot of scammers. I would not put you in that category. <laughs> for real. Do you think it's a scam? All right, well, that's hella funny. But yeah, I just like. <laughs> that's hilarious, actually. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> well, look, we are at the part. That was the perfect <laughs> summation where we're going to do the breakdown. I'm going to say one word. You said the first thing that comes to mind and we're going to go. Black women. Excellence. Money. Power. Debt tool <laughs> wealth gap real savings important marriage optional <laughs> <laughs> and last one hustle culture uh i like to chill naps <laughs> <laughs> rest rest is important too yes well nasima if you could tell everyone where they can follow you on social media on the internet anything you want to plug go right now so cool i am on uh instagram the most find me at financiallyintentional.com um i do have a uh, like a self-guided course you could take that breaks down everything. I have a book called uh, Smart Money. If you want to get that, it's available on Amazon. But yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I just tell you, like, I'm not for everybody. Follow me on on, on Instagram. See if you like me. Um, I give out a lot of free game. Implement a couple things. If you really want to streamline building your wealth, buy the course, but take action. Okay. <laughs> But I'm here. I'm always accessible. I do answer my DMs, but I'm not going to do a coaching session in the DMs. That's fair enough. Look, (laughs) (laughs) well, Nasima, thank you so much for doing the podcast. I hope people are inspired to see that it's not hard. You just got to find the resources and take action. Exactly. That's take action. Just one, do something today. Just figure it out. Even if you just write down how much you owe, take action. Told you that's humbling. It'll make you do something. (laughs) that'll make you do something for real yes yes yes. (laughs) but thank you so much for having me this has been a blast i love chatting with you thank you so much all right that is it for this week's episode i want to thank our guest nysema of financially intentional i told you guys she's a woman who knows what the fuck she's doing all right so be sure to support her with her book be sure to follow her on social media all of that is linked in the show notes and on the booniebreakdown.com also be sure to support our sponsor goalie you can use the code booniebreakdown to save an additional 10% on your future order 
that coupon code can be doubled with others. All right. Don't forget that. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or any apps that you listen to your favorites on. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. You might just hear your review on the next episode. Follow us on all social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make these pretty images for nothing, okay? Have a dope-ass week. Stay healthy, safe, and sane. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Until next time.